Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls and Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. My name's Steph, and today I have a guest with us. Wait, what's your last name? Okay, rewind, redo. My name's Steph, and today's guest is Megan Johnson. And now I know her last name, which is so great. But Megan is here to tell us about her weight loss journey, which at times has felt impossible. So Megan, do you want to just start by telling us about your experience as a child? When I was a kid, I was um, severely overweight to the point that it was dangerous for my health. I had to have doctors step in and kind of guide us on what I needed to do. Um, so long story short, I was put on a program and was successful. I lost 80 pounds as a kid. Wow, 80 pounds as a kid. Yeah, which was a lot. It's embarrassing that I had that much to lose, but but it was it's made me who I am today. So I'm grateful for that experience. Um, but I was able to keep the weight off for, uh, let's see, 15 years until recently I um, got pregnant with my first little baby and gained 60 pounds back, which was really hard. It was... Um, I felt like I had lost the success that I had had as a kid. Um, in the back of my mind, I knew I needed to gain weight because I was pregnant, but I hated that I had gained so much. When you lost that weight as a kid, like how old were you? So when I was first put on the program, I was 12. You were 12? Yeah. And when you lost 80 pounds, like how did it change your life? Uh, I mean, completely, just because there's so many things that, I wasn't able to participate in as an obese kid. I wanted to be able to dance with my friends, but I couldn't because I didn't fit into the clothes and I got too tired to do the activities and playing soccer was too hard for me. So I think, I mean, it changed what I could do physically, but like mentally I knew that I could do hard things because I had just done what I thought was impossible and I knew that I could make a change because after eating and having an active life with horrible habits for 12 years, I was able to change that. So I think everything about my life changed. No, I mean, that that is drastic how you're saying that you weren't able to dance with your friends and, and play soccer. And especially at like 12 years old, like your friends are such a big deal, you know, and so right. to be able to, and, and no one wants to be different in junior high. Like that's the, <laughs> the hardest time of life. Like, um, and so, so that, that's a really cool story. And and so, like, were you ever teased as a kid because of your weight? Um, You know, I wasn't. I had an older brother who... Oh, he would lay the smack down. <laughs> yeah, he was super nice. Um, It makes me want to cry thinking of how good he was to me. But I remember at first when we were trying to make the change by ourselves, just me and my mom and dad, I was too nervous to go to the gym because I didn't want people to think that I was fat. Because I thought that if they saw me exercising, it would, like, remind them that I was fat. Um, but at school, I wasn't teased much. I just remember, like, internally I would beat myself up, and I didn't want anybody to notice me. I didn't dare look in the mirrors down the hallway because I would be reminded of 
how horrible I felt that I looked. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. And then later on, you said that um, that they found out the reason of why you gained so much weight. And what was that? Yeah. So when I was um, 20, I was actually filling out mission papers and they found that I had thyroid cancer um, and I had had it for eight years. They like that's how big the tumors were. They predicted that it had been growing for eight years, which means that it could have been. I mean, even longer that my thyroid wasn't working properly, which is the organ that kind of controls your metabolism and your energy. So, um, so it made everything kind of make sense, like why I had such a hard time being active and why I couldn't lose the weight for so long. Um, but in the back of my mind, it made me feel so much prouder. Like, I yeah, these and they, I didn't know it, but I still was able to overcome this trial that that was given to me with being overweight and it gave me more confidence that I could do hard things. Okay, so Megan, you're 20 years old and you find out that you have thyroid cancer. What are the, the thoughts that went through your mind? Um, so when I was in the doctor's office, they had called um, and asked for me and my mom and dad to come back the next morning. And I was scared, but I also, like, I was pretty sure that that's what they were going to say because I knew I had been tested for cancer and they called back pretty immediate with them asking for my parents to come. I was pretty sure um, that that's what it would be. So in the morning, I remember feeling bad for the doctor thinking, how rough would that be to have to tell a 20-year-old that she has cancer today? Like, I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, So then when we went, that's what he said he said it was cancer and I just remember like feeling nothing like time had kind of stopped um and then a couple minutes later the fear set in and the faith set in that Heavenly Father would take care of me and that everything would be okay well and I like I love that you said that Heavenly Father like he felt like he would take care of you and everything would be okay but at the same time like this probably threw off your plans of what you wanted to to do like yeah exactly so he did say that um and I I didn't get emotional until he said I'll have to call and um you I don't remember exactly what he said something to the effect of your papers aren't going to be sent in because he was the last Mm. the last of the papers so you had done all your paperwork did you have to get your wisdom teeth out and everything i had already done oh that's good at least you didn't have to do that for no reason everything else but that and i just remember feeling like um like why did i feel like i was supposed to go on a mission for for a few weeks i couldn't understand like why why did you tell me i needed to go on a mission and now it's been taken away but obviously Looking back, that's exactly why I felt like I needed to go on a mission because that was the only way that they were going to find the cancer was through that. Oh, man. So I sort of always have a fear because I I don't ever go to the doctor or anything. But like the next time I go to the doctor, I'm going to find out some some bad news like that. But 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 yeah, like what you were saying, just how if you wouldn't have gotten your appointment, it could have probably progressed even Right. Even worse. Yeah. And I mean, who knows what would have happened, but they said that it had, it was so far along that had I gone on a mission, I probably wouldn't have been able to win the battle of cancer just because you don't go on a mission or you don't go to the doctor for 18 months uh, and you already had 
cancer spread throughout your body, then who knows where else they'll overtake. Yeah. Man. Um, so after this whole experience, like what did you like? So you're 20, you, you, you're a cancer survivor. And then what was your next step in life? Next step was running away a little bit. (laughs) Oh, I love running away stories. Where did you run to? I mean, I didn't really run away. I just felt like I was from a small town. I felt like everybody knew my story and Mm. it was, I I wasn't embarrassed, but I just felt like I wanted a fresh start. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be known as the the cancer survivor, which I mean, now looking back, it's an awesome thing. And I love being a part of that club. Um, but at 21, I didn't, I didn't want that to be who I was. Mm-hmm. So I didn't run away very far. I just ran two miles. Hey, two miles can, can change a lot. Oh, I, I thought you said miles. I was like, <laughs> Hours, so. But two hours so. makes a big difference. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you wanted a new life. You moved not just two miles away, but two hours away. And then what happened next in life? Um, so short after that, I met my husband. He was friends with the girls that I moved in with. Um, and the rest was just kind of history. Our first date was a football game, um, which was fitting because that's what our world revolves around now <laughs> is football. Um our wedding date was picked around a home Utah game and a home Utah State game. So yeah, he's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. He's, we found each other right in a, a hard time for both of us where we needed something new and kind of an answer to prayers. So then you guys, you get married and you, you find out that you're pregnant. We got pregnant a year after we got married. Um, which was kind of interesting because I told him that it was going to take about six months to get pregnant just because that's normal. And with thyroid issues, it usually makes it hard to get pregnant. My cancer doctor had warned me about that, just that when your hormones are off, it's hard to get pregnant. So yeah, I got pregnant and very quickly after that started gaining weight super fast. I remember going to my first appointment and being like calculating out and being like, my goodness, if I gain this much every appointment, I'm going to be an elephant by the time (laughs) this is over. Um, So, I mean, I tried to eat healthy. I tried to exercise. I tried to do everything that I could to just gain the, the healthy amount that they say to, to gain. I wasn't worried about my size or like what I looked like necessarily. I just didn't want to gain too much. Um, but I ended up gaining 60 pounds, which is way more than I wanted to, than you're supposed to. Um, and it was hard. It was hard to be back to similar numbers that I had been before and that I thought that I would never have to see again. Um, so it was pretty hard on my self-esteem and I was blessed to have my husband there reminding me every day, like, babe, you are growing a human inside of you. Like you can't, be concerned about the number of the scale and he'd say, why are you even getting on the scale? Um, but it was just, I think I was reverting back to that childhood memory of not wanting to, to gain so much weight. So, um, so that was hard to gain that much weight. But when they handed me that new baby in the hospital, it was, it didn't matter. Nothing about my weight or anything that I had ever been through mattered besides 
my sweet husband by me and my baby that they had just handed me. I've never been pregnant, but I can only imagine, especially when you're younger and you've dealt with this and you see each week more and more weight and your husband's like, why are you even weighing yourself? But like, there's just this thing inside of you that you're like, I just have to know, you know? (laughs) You like don't want to know. You close your eyes when you look, but you just have to know. But I mean, I think it's something that all people struggle with is the scale. I know it's oftentimes talked about that it's just a girl thing that we're so concerned. But I mean, I know it's in my family. I know that my dad struggles and wants to see a certain number. I know that my husband now is trying to get a number and it's something that we all, we all face. And so I think it's, it's good to be real about it because if we, if we pretend we don't care, then other people think they're alone when they do care. No, exactly. And this week I've been reading Intuitive Eating and they said something that really, like we're talking about the scale. They said that the scale is a false idol because like you see a number and you get excited or you see a number and you're like depressed. They're like, but the scale is not telling you, you know, that the water weight that you gained from having a, a salty meal or the muscle mass that you're getting in. But it is that hard thing. Like what, you when you're in the situation, yeah, yeah. You, you can't get over it. Right. And so, so here you have this new little baby, you've, you've gained some extra weight. Like, so what was your process of, of losing that weight? Um, so I remember my mom at first, she said, don't focus on that at first. You'll, you'll lose the weight through breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Everybody told me that you breastfeed, you'll lose the weight. Um, and I figured, so at first, the very first thing I figured, okay, I just had an eight pound baby. I feel like I lost 30 pounds of water and everything that comes out, you know, yeah. kind of gross, but you feel like you lose a lot of weight. So I was super excited to weigh myself when I got home from the hospital thinking like, okay, it's been four days. I've lost at least, yeah. you know, I was thinking 15 pounds while I had gained weight at the hospital. Yeah. So come to find out, I guess that's normal just because your body keeps retaining a bunch of water and you've been through a lot of trauma and you have the pain medicine that's throwing everything off. But but that was hard too because I thought it would be a pretty immediate like, okay, now I'm seeing um, progress immediately, but it wasn't that way. I think it was like three weeks after she was born until I even lost a couple pounds, which looking back sounds stupid, like what's three weeks, but but when you want to lose that weight so bad, it, that's a long time to not see any progress. After I got approved, after the six-week appointment to start exercising and eating healthy, I just decided to dig in full-fledged. I had lost weight before. I knew how to do it. I knew that it was going to be hard. And I think, most importantly, I knew that it takes time, that you're not going to see a result right away. So I started, and I had 60 pounds to lose, but I figured um, I figured that my baby's first year of her life was going to go by quickly regardless. So I kind of gave myself that amount of time and I just said, okay, let's do it. So very slowly, but surely I would lose a half a pound a week. Sometimes I'd lose four pounds a week. Sometimes I would gain a half a pound a week, but I just stuck to it. And, and I actually lost 67 pounds. So I lost more than I had even gained. So looking back, I think it just is another testament that if you set your mind to do hard things and have confidence in yourself and not let setbacks really set you back, that that you can do whatever you're, you're trying to do. 
No, exactly. And and so losing this weight, you said that like you knew it would take time, you knew it would be hard. Um, but like, what were some of the tools that you used to help you lose weight? Um, so support from my family was huge. Support from um, my mom and dad. I think I kind of went to them again because they helped me through the first time. And I mm-hmm. knew that when you're accountable to someone, if you have to tell them that you had a bad week, it makes you want to whip it back into mm-hmm. shape. Um, and then eating healthy, I signed up for Weight Watchers. That helped me be able to track what I was eating um, and be on top of healthy choices and that they're good foods and that they're foods that you should not have super often. Um, and then just trying to exercise. I went to a little local Zumba class that helped. And so just a combination of everything. How did you stay on top of it when it would have been easy to be like, oh, I'm going to like sleep or I'm not go running or do any of these things because I've been up late? Um, you need to be okay with not being perfect. There were some days where I was too tired and mm-hmm. I just wanted and I had to nap while she was napping. Um, but then maybe instead of getting ready that day, I would exercise later when she was awake. So I think just setting your mind, um, letting your goals be flexible. I think often we like set a to-do list that's no way you're going to get that done in a single day, especially with a newborn baby. Um, but I just tried to stay positive, tried to do what little I knew I could do, and then what I didn't get done, I would do tomorrow. I think that's very valuable of just being like, okay, it's not going to, sometimes you aren't going to be able to do it all, but to consistently be trying. Right. And having it in the back of your mind, knowing that like, this is what I'm working for right now. I'm yeah. Not- I'm not trying to be in a bikini by summer. I'm just trying to get three pounds off. Yeah. Right now I just do little goals at a time. So. And then the little goals end up being like 67 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still not going to be in a bikini ever again. <laughs> but that's okay. That's just, that's just what life does to you. Yeah. Um, and um, so also, that was a bad transition to a question. <laughs> But you started a little Etsy shop with bows, right? I did. Okay, so yeah. I want to hear more about this. Um, so I, I have, I've had a goal my whole life since I was a little girl to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, my mom was always home. She, I can never think of a time when she wasn't available to us. So we tried to make that a priority, my husband and I, that I could be home. Um, but he just graduated from college a year and a half ago, and it wasn't necessarily going to work out for me to be home not making any money. Um, So we kind of sat down and decided what my talents were, what I could do to make a little bit of money. Um, And I had made my baby some bows and people would compliment them and I'd just say thank you. Like I never thought of selling them. Um, But I started and it's been really successful. So I'm I'm grateful that I was able to again set a goal and I mean it was slow and it took a lot of work and it takes a lot of uncomfortable situations telling people what you're doing but but again I think just sticking to a slow and steady pace your goals can be accomplished but I'm still working on it as a daily battle trying to be where you think you want to be or I mean nothing's ever good enough nowadays mm-hmm. but but I think I think just having that goal in your mind again 
Well, and I remember your baby's bow was, like, super cute, and I've looked at some of your other bows, and they look darling. And so what what's the name of your Etsy? It's called One Classy Baby. One Classy Baby. <laughs> like it? <laughs> and that's the name of your Instagram, right? Okay. Yeah. And then in Instagram, there's a link to it, because Etsy, there's four and a half billion people who are selling things, so... <laughs> <laughs> so it's a direct link through Instagram. <laughs> but isn't that so cool that it's just like, I look at, and there's so many things on Instagram. There's so many things, it's like Etsy or like everywhere. But it's so cool that everyone can have their own little corner of right. creativity and like, and be able to share it with people, you know? Right. And so, like you said, like you weren't really planning on like selling these. But when I love that you said that you and your husband, that you guys sat down and and like looked at your skills and you're like, oh, yeah, I can sell these. Right. And I think people get intimidated thinking like, well, there's so many out there. But I think everybody is different. And if we just encourage each other and lift everyone up instead of trying to tear other people down, everybody can be successful. There's plenty of room for everybody's good qualities and talents to shine so and so what is your advice to someone that is working on their impossible goal what is your shout out to them um to to keep on trying with their goal um I think so when I was well I'll say it first so my goal is or my shout out would be to focus on what you can instead of what you can't um, oh, good. When I was pregnant, we would have people say to us all the time, like, oh, sleep now while you can because you're never going to sleep again. <laughs> or you need to travel now because you're never going to travel again. And we got really frustrated. Like, why is everyone acting like having this baby is going to ruin our life? <laughs> so we decided instead of thinking, I mean, there are plenty of things we can't do anymore. Yeah. You know, we have this little one-year-old who gets into everything. Um but we focus on what we can do with her. And life is so fun through a one-year-old's eyes. We, we can now go to a park, which, I mean, we could have, but it's more fun with a baby. We can do a lot of different things that are so fun. Um, and so I kind of took that advice from myself and put that into my business and thinking, you know, I can't sell a thousand bows a day, but I can sell 20 and I can 20. That's impressive for different, <laughs> different fabrics that I love. And I can be home with my baby and I can sew while she's asleep. I can't sew all day, but I can take advantage of the hour before she goes to bed when she's playing with daddy. Um, and then when it comes to dieting, the same thing, I think often when you start a diet, you have this list running through your mind like, oh, I can't eat out anymore. I can't eat dessert. I can't <clears throat> drink soda. I can't, I can't, I can't. When really, if you focus on what you can do, I can eat all this yummy fruit. I can exercise now and I can fit into these clothes that used to not fit and I can have a special treat every once in a while. I think it helps your mind be at ease and it keeps you feeling confident about the goals that you're working towards. Well, it's been so great having you on today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Like when when I first asked Megan to come on, I just knew about the weight loss, but I didn't know about your your story of being overweight as a child and then learning about having cancer and and just everything. And and I think that that is an example that we all have deeper stories than than people really know about. But right. but just 
your example of continuing to like try harder to be a little bit better and to not think about what you can't do, but what, what you can is really inspiring. So thank you for sharing your story. Thanks guys for listening. And just remember to put on your shoes, do your best and believe in the impossible. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. Thanks again for pushing play and listening to this episode. If you want more information about today's guest, head over to www.notablepeeps.com.